welcome to our podcast. Not prod. I can't. It's a pod. I think I think I need to teach language with knowledge right about now. Let's try that one again. Hello, SL peeps. Welcome to True Confessions with Lisa and Sarah. Okay, can start confessing now. This is so cheesy. Sarah. Well, hi, Lisa. How's it going today? Wonderful, actually. Yeah. What makes it wonderful? Um, I am feeling really motivated oh. for the first time in a while. Did you have an extra Red Bull or is this intrinsic? No, no, no. I had two Red Bulls this morning. Okay. Well, yeah. that helps. It does, it does give you wings. I do have wings. So anyway, things are good. We're going to knock some stuff off of our to-do list. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is this episode. Cool. Yeah. Who do we have on today? So we have somebody in the confessional and we are really excited um, to have one, this topic is so timely, but also to get some real practical strategies and tips for managing stress and what a perfect time of year. I think, I know you and I have talked about, like, we feel like we almost went into hibernation. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. We got so stressed that we kind of just shut down and it got bad for a little bit. We're back because that's the good news. But anyway, we thought, I know you're all kind of feeling the same thing and this will be a perfect time to have this conversation. And so we have um, in the confessional, Jesse Andrix, who has a podcast called SLP Stress Management. So if anybody's going to be able to talk about this, it is her. So welcome, Jesse. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, we are so excited. I um, have seen some of the episodes that you have done and the, the tips and suggestions you have um, for helping SLPs with this. And it sounds like this is kind of your mission, right? This is what you want to really focus on. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, it It is my mission because it's what I've experienced and what I've been through. And it, I mean, it led me to quit for a few years. And then coming back, it's like, I just... I realized that there were so many SLPs that are feeling this and kind of like debating if they should quit their job or not or quit their setting or something, but that everybody is like feeling stressed out. It's like an epidemic. And it is I, a uh, huge trend. I feel like people are not even just like what you were saying, like not even wanting to go from one setting to another, but it's like, they want completely out of the field. They want to go like walk dogs or work <laughs> yeah. at Starbucks or like, you know, they're like, screw this or become a baker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I still want to do that, yeah. but um, no, it is. It's like this interesting trend that I don't think this is a fairly new trend within the past probably five years. I would say is when I've been starting to see this pop up. Yeah. 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 For sure. I left the field. Oh my gosh! It feels like it was not that long ago, but I think it was in like 2012. Um, And I left for like four years or so and came back. So it was like when I left, I felt like I was the only person. There was like no one else. Everybody seemed really excited to be at work. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to be here. And then when I came back, I was really excited to be back. And everybody else was kind of like, oh, I don't want to be here. I was like, oh, no, what happened? (laughs) Did you kind of think for yourself what got you to that tipping point as far as where you, it wasn't even just like I'm talking about quitting, but I really, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, it was like, I think it started a little in grad school, just that like overwhelm of like, this is your life now. This is what everything has to be focused on. And, um, and then there was this excitement of like, once you get into the field, you can do it your own way, everything will be great. And then you get out there and that's like, just not the reality of it. 
Um, I worked in a few different settings, so it wasn't like a specific thing that happened or that, you know, I was somewhere for a really long time and then got burnt out on it. Um, it was just like each setting that I went to, there'd be something different or like it would be really great. And then I'd notice the stress would come back and then it would just continue to grow. But my last, like my final setting, kind of the one that like just did me in was I was in the schools. So being in the schools was really hard. And I was in a really great supportive school. It wasn't like the admin was awful and the teacher, they were all like so wonderful and just so sweet. And like, when I told them I was quitting, they were excited about it. Um, They're like, yay, somebody's getting out. Yeah. They were like, oh, that's so great. Take me. Yeah. Yeah, And I I left to go teach yoga and they were like, well, that's exciting and different. And if you ever want to come back, you can come back here. It's okay. Like, so it wasn't that it was just the actual like day in, day out was tough. It was, it was just, and there was nothing specific, but just the amount of little things that were stressful that built up and then not knowing what to do about it and kind of like almost feeling more stressed, trying to figure out how to not be stressed. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. And and I'm seeing more um, comments about it in Facebook groups and things like that too, about like, does anybody really love this job still? You know, and it's like, like you recommend it. Yeah, to would somebody. you recommend it to somebody else? And it oh, that actually always gives me pause because I love this profession and I recommend this as a job. Genuinely recommend it all the time, and yet at the same time, I was miserable at times, and I was stressed, and I was overwhelmed, and I wanted to again quit and do anything but working in that field. So it, it's it's one of those things where. We go, we go into this profession for a reason because, you know, we're, we're wanting to be in a service position or we, and we want to make change and we want to do all these great things. And then the reality is, I think it gets to be um, overshadowed by all of the parts that are just not great. Well, it's almost like having a baby where you think you know how it's going to be. And then it like totally shows you that, you know, maybe some of those things are true, but then there's a whole myriad of other things that come along with this position that you can't really anticipate and probably a lot of um how you deal with stress and how you deal with change and how you deal with adversity is a huge part and I think of even if you're like really great at those things there are times where you're just tired and overwhelmed maybe even personally where you you don't have the skills maybe in that moment to deal with you know this is an ongoing thing that you have to deal with in our and especially a school-based yeah. SLPs yeah. yeah it's it's really true and I think um something I noticed is, you know, when you're in grad school and you're going through it, it, there's, you know, it's a different kind of stress because you're trying to make grades and, you know, be, you know, be the best you can be and, and go through the stress and learn. Yeah. You, you yeah. worked for that your whole life to get to grad school. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. And then when you're in the clinicals, you're learning so much, but a lot of it is about how to do the therapy and how to like run the sessions. And there are, you know, you, you definitely are learning how to document or write notes, but all the extra stuff, I feel like you don't know about until you're there, right. like all of the extra duties or the like billing side of things and all of these little pieces of paperwork and all of those we don't always know about. And then you're in the job and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much more than what I was prepared Absolutely. for. Yep. We talk about that all the time. I always feel like we pick these topics to present on. Um, 
that are not real glamorous. They're not exciting. We're not showing like being an expert in any one specific niche area. It's about all of those things. I just don't think they did a great job of preparing us for, and that's paperwork and, and data collection and yeah. goal writing. And, um, what we've talked about too, I feel like sometimes grad school sets you up to fail. And I don't mean that on any particular program, but it's, we feel like we're supposed to graduate. We've kind of talked about this maybe even in other podcasts where you feel like you're supposed to have this magic wand and then you go out and even like, I can remember like teachers labeling me like my first year, an expert in what I was doing. And I'm like, doesn't an expert take some time? Right. You don't really have your voice <laughs> to really say that you're like, oh, well, they're expecting me to be this. So I guess I'm the expert. Right. <laughs> Let's go with this. Yeah. So it's yeah. really, I feel like we are being set up where then you start to think, well, shit, is it just me that I'm the only not expert out of yeah. my program? Did all of my classes exactly. learn yeah. everything and they come out like this, right. just blazing with, you know, right. Cause nobody wants to admit it. Well, and that's, right. that's what I mean. I think that's what part of it is too, where you're just like, holy crap, I don't know what to do with any of this. I don't you like, instead of even just trying to figure out your job, it's like you're under this lens of perfectionism. Right. That, that just, yeah. it's that, so that, true. It's so true. And that like, that drives the stress. And then you kind of feel isolated because, you know, even when you're with other SLPs in your building, wherever you're at, and then you're all feeling that, but none of you want to mention it to each other. And then you're making it look like everything's cool. Like, yeah, everything's good. I got this. Like I totally, totally love this. And then inside you're just like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? It's, it just makes it the stress even worse. And uh, it, I mean, it, it does, it just like keeps kind of going from there. So going from where you were at and then teaching yoga, how did, how do you shift back in, you know, let the pendulum swing to where you're like, okay, maybe I'll give this another go. So I had a baby. Um, that was kind of, that was kind of it. No, but I, I taught at a yoga studio and helped run it. And then the owner was moving. And so they closed the studio and I was like going on maternity leave and it was just like, what do I do now? Um, and I was like, well, I could kind of take my little newborn to all these different studios and gyms and put them in like the daycare and the childcare. And that's awesome if you want to, and it's great that that can happen, but I didn't want to do that. Um, that just seemed like, like, again, like it would be really stressful to do. And so I was like, okay, well, you're like, I got this master's degree. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I heard someone like put something about like a PRN job out there and you know, where I lived and I was like, I could probably do PRN. I don't have to go back full time. Um, I could do P I could do one day a week or I could do part-time and I ended up going into teletherapy because I could do like part-time hours really, you know, kind of casually get back in the field. So I did that. It was like, I think it started out with like five hours a week and then built up to like 10 my first year back and then just kind of jumped back into it after that. And it did get stressful at times. Like it wasn't like, I had this solution like, all right, I've been through it and I'll never be stressed or feel burnt out ever, ever again. It was like, even though I had been burnt out, left, came back, was enjoying it. There were just times where I'd get really overwhelmed. Like I would agree to do too much and take on too many students and realize like I had, you know, wait, I wanted like more freedom than this, but it was like, I knew what to do. Go cry and things got out of whack. Yeah. Like before I didn't know what to do. And now it was like, I feel really stressed. Oh yeah. I'm not like taking care of myself or making time for like what I need or 
any of these things. Like, no wonder I feel really stressed. Well, and so, that I'm yeah. glad you brought up too, because that's the things that we need to remember. And one of the recommendations of why I tell people that this is the greatest job is it is super flexible. If you want to have a family, there are lots of options. So you can either, like I had, I waited to go back into the field until my kids were in school and then they worked at the school. Say they went to the same school I worked at. We had the same breaks, you know, here, you've got a baby at home. You're doing teletherapy. You know, there are, it's, it's a cool job. If you know, you want to have a family or you want to have flexibility or try, you know, different settings and things, there is some great perks to it. Um, and so I can, I can see why you would go back and do it, but that, you know, it, it's still, there's still those challenges and stuff that we have to get through. And do you feel like you can start being flexible? Like, I feel like now I totally get the flexibility in the job and all of these things I could do. I could do PRN, I could do the evaluations, I could do teletherapy. And I feel like I have the skills, but what about like, not first year out, you're getting your, your C's anyways, but do you feel like there's a point in your career where you can get like that? Or do you feel like you could just do it year two when you're overseas? What the like flexible job? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I kind of feel like it may be like when you first start is kind of what you said. You feel like all of a sudden people are telling you, you know, everything you're the expert. So you kind of feel like you have to do it. And it seems like a lot of people right out of grad school and right out of their CF, tend to be super stressed out. And it's it's like, because they feel like they have to know everything and work all the time. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then I think like, once you start shifting things in your life, sometimes you're like, well, well, I guess my job's going to shift. And it's not that it always like takes away the stress. It could be like different stress then, but yeah, I think after a while you just, every ends up getting creative with the job. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing. So, you know, obviously we know what's causing the burden and the stress. I mean, everybody is aware of what the problems are. It's caseload sizes and paperwork demands and responsibilities mm -hmm. continuing to grow each and every year that we're in this field. And so all of those things. And so of course, like we're always trying to find ways to be creative about solutions to that and maybe ways we can advocate for some things, you know, as far as like workload and, and caseload and things like that. Um, but if none of that changes, then that I think that's why we really want to have this episode. If none of that changes, how is it that we can manage our stress um, how is it that we are able to handle the, that feeling of burden, not get burnt out and continue to stay in this field because we need SLPs in the schools. Yeah. And, and so what are some, do you have some solutions and tips that can really help us keep the joy in the job, not get super stressed out and not want to quit and become uh, a baker? Well, tips. And then also <laughs> how do you even identify you're at that point of burnout? Like in not just like a normal stress kind of. Level. Yeah. So it's, and what you said about it, like there are definitely things that like we'd like to see change, but even, you know, even if we may feel like they're not changing, we may not know. And it might take a really long time for like the big changes to occur, like policies to change and things. So yeah, so we have to figure out how to manage the stress, like while we're fighting it or while we're waiting for it to happen. And, um, and it is so if stress kind of goes, it starts as like daily stress, which I like to think of as just like annoyances, like things that are just annoying. But then you're like half an hour later, you've either forgotten about it or it's like, meh, that's done. But when you have that happen all day, like you never get to get to that point of like, okay, that's done. Or if it just keeps happening, like every day, it's going to become more and more 
stressful, like you're starting to anticipate it happening. So when we don't know what to do with that or can't like manage that and let it go, then it becomes chronic stress. And burnout is chronic stress that is not managed. So it's like we start to feel chronically stressed and stress is a little bit more of like a nervous energy behind it. Like you feel like, okay, I'm really stressed. I've got to figure this out. I've got to do better at uh, prepping my sessions. I've got to do better at organizing. I've got to get, you know, my resume in check. I've got to do like more and more and more. And so it's almost like you're like a little frantic at times. Like you're, you're just like going into to hyperdrive and then burnout is like, you've like, you've been going at that so long that the only place to go is down. So it's kind of more like you've checked out. You're like, Meh, I'll show up, I'll do a good job, but I'm not going to push to do like more and more and more than I have to. And it becomes a little bit like a cynical attitude. Like you're just kind of like lethargic about work. When you talk about work, it's kind of like, does it even matter if I go today? You know, kind of get into like that mindset. And then the kind of the the bad part about it, besides the whole burnout thing, is that like it just looks like you're laid back sometimes. So you're like your bosses may actually appreciate it and think like that you're really dedicated and you're just so like easy to work with, but on the inside, you're just kind of like, I don't want to be here. I'm just going to do whatever. <laughs> like, let me be at a meeting. I'll be at a meeting. I've given up. Like, I'm not going to fight. Um, but you're not happy about being there. Interesting. Yeah. Which is how I was when I left the schools. They were like, oh, but you're so great to work with. And I was like, that's because I've just like given up. Like, <laughs> be, like, I just like, I'm just here. Like, I'm here because I have to be here. Like, there's kids to see. You're but like, I'm not like. all of y'all. Yeah. Amazing. I have never <laughs> I know, thought about that. You look like just chill and zen. <laughs> and instead it's because you have given up. You're crying on the inside. You have exactly. you're, you're crying on the inside for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So it's not like a fun place to be in. It's not like you're just like, cool. I'm going to just chill at work today and have a great time. You're just kind of like, when can I possibly leave? So when is can that I be one just kind of like identifying where you're at on the spectrum of stress? Yeah. So it's like you go from daily to chronic to burnout and hopefully you never get to burnout. Like hopefully if you realize you're in chronic stress, you can figure out what to do about it before you get to that burnout part. But burnout's just like you basically have given up on it. Like you're going to go, you're going to do a good job because, you know, you, you care about this, the students or the the clients that you're seeing, but you're not like passionate and wanting to be there like it's kind of like if you get to the point where you would rather have a day where you're homesick than be at work it's probably not a good sign Sarah talks about when she's in grad school she wanted to crash her car into a wall and not like really hurt no, like a low speed yeah at a low speed just so she could be like in a body cast or something yeah just so she could rest for a few weeks yeah. in a body cast and nobody could ask her to do anything. Yeah. I knew I needed to like, like be hurt enough to like have an excuse to like be, you know, so on that, bed rest. Would that be burnout? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
think that like, might be burnout. Right there. I tell you, no, no. You have, you have struck a nerve with me more times than I can tell you. I have, I, I just found, it popped up in my uh, Facebook or something where I had written, when we first started this whole thing, we had just written, uh, created a blog. Um, one of the very first articles I wrote was Confessions of a School-Based SLP. And I was reading the things I confessed. And one, I was like, damn, that was pretty ballsy. But <laughs> one of them was, is that I call in sick. Just because I needed, I would need a day off, or I would call in sick to get caught up on paperwork, or I would call. Like I did, I realized I took all my sick days. Yeah, and I was never sick. Yeah, it was that. Which is, which is like, it's crazy that we, you know, because it's good to take days off, but then you're like, you're having to hide why you're actually taking it off and not to be just being like, well, I needed a day. So it's like, cool, yeah, everybody needs a day. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, you get into this like, okay, I gotta pretend that I'm sick. I'm not gonna go in, or like you said, you're you're taking a day off to do work, and right. then that's like, oh gosh, that's terrible. Is it ever like Ferris Bueller, where people sent you like sympathy cards and <laughs> yeah, hours, yeah. Get, get well messages? So, what can we do to like when we where, wherever we're at? Are there different tips for where you're at on this spectrum of stress, or is it pretty much consistent no matter where you're at? Um, how yeah, it, this? it's pretty consistent. Like how much you're going to end up doing or kind of like what's going to come up for you when you're starting to manage stress will be different. Um, but and like, it's, it's stuff that's really simple and it's not like there's a big secret thing that no one's ever heard of before. And I know that's what everybody wants, right? <laughs> like we all want, like, what's the big secret? Like a pill. But, I want to take a pill. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's, it's like, it's called Xanax. We can't, we can't, knowing what to do and then actually being able to like do it are so much like they're so different I mean we know that because it's like when we teach our kids and our students like hey here's what you're gonna do and they're like okay I've got it and then it's like okay let's do it and then they're like they don't do it you know it's they can like start to understand it but to actually do it it doesn't always happen but so the things that we can do are basically mindfulness, um, incorporating mindfulness type of like activities or self-care or positivity into our day. And the reason is that it's like all of this stress that we experience, like there are definitely things that are going to trigger stress. And like a lot of them are really big things like caseloads that you don't know what to do with or like paperwork that is like impossible to get done. But it's like, those are just things. The stress is the way that our brain interprets it. And it's not our fault. It's like everyone's brain is wired to interpret that as stress. And it's like an ancient, well, that sounds like mystical and crazy. It's just like the way our brains have evolved since yeah. we were like cavemen and women, but it's a survival thing. So like our brain evolved to look for threats because when our brain was evolving, the threats were like, you are going to be eaten by a bear or a tiger or something. You need to know what to do. And so it would be like big stressful event and then it's done. But now it's like little stress all the time. Mm -hmm. So we're, but we still experience it the same way. Our brain still processes it. So it's like paperwork is not life or death for us but our brain is telling us it is. And it's like, whoa, red flag, like super interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then it just keeps looking for it because your brain wants to protect you. So it keeps looking for stress, but then that makes you more stressed. And then your brain looks for more stress. So it's like this big cycle of like 
stress gets triggered. And if it doesn't go away, like it just keeps building and building and building. And that's why it shoots to burnout. So it makes you focus on like the negative things on your day. And you can think on those days that you're like really burnt out or really stressed and like wanting to drive your car into a wall. Mm -hmm. Like all you can focus on is what is not working. Like school is really hard or work is really hard. There's way too much paperwork. Like, I don't know what to do with this student. They're not meeting their goals. There's all these crazy meetings I have. And your brain is going to focus on those because it's trying to protect you from them. But it's just like totally backfiring. So if we start to look at like positive things or take like time to do things that interrupt that signal in our brain and kind of like bring more calm in, then it just like, turns that response down a little bit. So we're able to like process things. Cause when that response is on, it starts to shut down like our prefrontal cortex. So like, you know, all the stuff that like teaches us how to problem solve and like think through that's all like gone. And so we're just kind of like, ah, everything's terrible. I'm stressed. This is the worst. I've got to get out of here. Like, this is just terrible. Um, so we can do things that shift and they're really like simple things. But again, it's like hard to incorporate when you're already feeling really stressed. So seeing, yeah, and I love because I love that you talked about it. you've got to be self aware. You've got to know that's what's happening. That you know, like that that minute that you're realizing that you're in this kind of vicious cycle of like negativity and stress. Yeah. you've got to be aware of that. And then, yeah, like Lisa said, so what are some things that we can do to try to yeah. have some more mindfulness? Yeah. So like you said, awareness is like, that is so key because that's like the first step. Because if you aren't aware of what's happening, you just kind of keep going through your day or you start to think like, well, this is just how things are when you're adulting. And so you have to be aware of like, oh my gosh, I'm really stressed out right now. Like what's going on and kind of figure out what that stress you know, might be being triggered by, but then the things you can do to help like reset it are things like, um, meditating or self-care, not like, not the bubble bath type of self-care. Like that's really good. Cause like, if you enjoy it, because it's just like doing something you like, but like deeper self-care, like journaling or, you know, where you might be writing about what's challenging you that day. Um, or, you know, going and seeing a therapist, if that's what you need, you know, like kind of the things that might be harder or just sitting and, you know, sitting quietly where you let your thoughts come up. Cause sometimes what you are like feeling and thinking is not, you know, we like trying to avoid it. Um, so basically things that help you check in a lot of the time we like to do the things that help us check out, like binge watch Netflix. stuff on Netflix, <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's like, our, that's like self-care, but and that's like, it's good once in a while. Cause sometimes you just like need a total break, but if you do it every night, it's just going to like, let everything build under the surface. I'm on like level 6,000 of candy crush. That's probably not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's so, I'm so glad you just said that about Netflix. We joke about it all the time. Like, what are we doing this weekend? And it's like a Netflix marathon every weekend. I think we talk about this. And it's true. Actually, I do spend a lot of time binge watching. I, I literally have gotten to the point where I don't have any shows left to watch. I've had to like go into other countries. Like now I'm on British television. Um, and, it's been really and I actually thought it was I, it, as naive and stupid as this is about to sound. I actually thought that was healthy for me, that I just need a way to shut down my brain. And so that it was okay. And I let myself have that excuse. And then I just talked to somebody 
who is a psychologist. <laughs> she was like, no, no, you're checking out. Like yeah. <laughs> that's actually not a positive thing. She's like, it's okay if you want to watch like an hour of TV here and there, but if you're doing like an eight hour marathon and you are checking out, she's like, that causes so many problems, lack of motivation and, and my ability to like get up and get going and stuff, depression and sadness and all these other things that come with it. And I was like, holy shit, I did not know. And so, oh, it's, I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, it I love is, that it you need so to focus on checking in, not checking out. Yes. So checking in being the things like the meditating or like maybe even like journaling or exercise. Or- yeah. Yeah. So and with exercise, you can think of it as like doing something that's going to make you feel good, not something that you're punishing yourself <laughs> for doing, you know, because that's how we tend to approach, you yeah. know, any kind of like exercise or movement. It's like a punishment for not moving enough or not eating right or whatever it might be. But like, if going outside and taking a walk feels really good, finding time to do that. And then, you know, it gets you breathing, it gets your blood pumping through. It kind of gives you to like, if you're really stressed and you're sitting in your office and that's what's stressing you out, like is your work and you're in your workspace, like getting away from that for a little bit just helps you clear your head. Um, meditation is really good because it it uses the breath to help you like when you're really stressed, your breath is going to be short and shallow. And then when you're feeling like really calm and happy, your breath is a lot deeper. And so you can make your breath deeper, which like tricks your brain into thinking like, okay, cool. Everything's great. Like my breath is calm. It's deep. So meditation can do that. Um, And it also just helps you focus on something else. Or if you have like a positive mantra or something Um, and then journaling, I like to do two different kinds. Like if you're really stressed and your brain is just like spiraling to like the worst case scenario or just like stuck thinking about something stressful that happened, I like to do a brain dump um, where you just like take five minutes and just write the whole thing down. That way it's not in your head anymore. It's like living on the paper instead. And then it gives it somewhere else to be, but then it also gives you like, you can read over it and be like, oh, that's what's happening. Like get some insights from it. And then the other kind is a positivity or gratitude journal. So just writing like three moments from your day that were good. And that helps your brain to shift away from that, like focusing only on the negative to seeing that like, yes, there are parts of your day that just absolutely suck and they're terrible, but these parts of your day are also happening and they were really good. Um, Even if they're really like small, like someone brings you a coffee, although that is like a fantastic thing. To yeah. say that's, <laughs> that's like, that would make my day. That would be the best, but you know, whatever it might be, um, just writing down like three things and that starts to shift you. So all of the things kind of help you like turn down stress responses in the body and in the brain, but then also shift to like the more positive. So you're able to build resilience and get out of the stress when you need it. Yep. Well, and it is, I mean, we can so easily cycle into like spin out with the negativity. And that's where I think we even see in our SLP community a lot. It's just the eternal focus on all of the bad things going on, which definitely venting is okay. But when it becomes like all you can think about, then that's where I think it starts to become, you know, not only are you burned out, but you're bringing everyone else down with you. Like we need to put some efforts into solutions for things. 
yeah, it just becomes all consuming. And there is, you know, like we don't want to ignore that things aren't going well. Sometimes it's not that you're like pretending that everything's great when it's not, because that is, that's kind of like checking out, you know, but it's just saying that those can happen, but you can still have good that happens too. And the more that you train your brain to look for the good, the more that it's like that stress is still there or those things that triggered your stress are still there. They're just not going to affect you or stay with you as deeply. So did you go down this journey of figuring all this out when you were a yoga instructor? Is that what, like, you just kind of analyzed what made you leave and then you're like, okay, I'm going back, but something. Yeah. So I left, well, I started like taking yoga and I just knew like in one of the first classes that I went to, I was just like, I want to teach this. This just, I wanted to just learn more about it and figure out how to teach it. Cause it just seemed kind of cool. Um, but I always heard that yoga was like, it would bring you peace. And I was like, yeah, well, that sounds good. <laughs> I want that. Like, yeah. that out of control. Right. <laughs> so, so, and then I just ended up enjoying it and wanted to get trained in it. But once I went through it and decided like the speech thing, was just like really stressing me out. And I really liked teaching yoga classes. I was just like, I'm going to do that. But I ended up, you know, learning yoga and meditation and some like overall wellness coaching, like not just food, but kind of like how to deal with stress and all the other parts of, of kind of your overall well being, And all of this, like, I just felt really good doing it. And then when I went into back into speech, I kind of was coming at it from like a different mindset almost. And when I realized how stressed out everyone else was, I was like, well, I don't want them to feel that way. And I, so I started to look at like true stress management and burnout. And just the more that I went into that, the more I realized like all of those things I had trained to do and went through were all of the things that helped this. And that's probably why I felt ready to come back into the field. Like, without really realizing it, I had been doing stress management and working through it. Well, and I think part of this goes into the huge reaction uh, from that journal or the leader post that came out about stress management and why yeah. people so harshly reacted to it that, I, you know, from what you're saying, it sounds like a lot of those solutions were band-aids and they weren't they getting were. true core of where the stress is coming from. So it's, you know, that's probably where people, even if they don't, didn't have the verbiage for that, they felt that like, you know, me going to cry in my car or taking a bubble bath is not going to solve all of my problems. Exactly. Like there were, there were a few things like, like the bubble bath or like aromatherapy that are like, those are really nice. Like, again, if you like those types of things, like they may be, you know, soothing a little bit, but it's not going to like it could help a little bit, but it's not going to really go super deep. Like after a while, it's just not going to do just temporary. Well, it checks to me. Those are things that you're checking out. Yeah. Like, a little bit, a little bit checking in, you're checking out and you're not like really addressing kind of those acts of mindfulness that will help you truly feel better. Yeah. So those are things like on a really, really rough day, you may need to just like, like if you are like mentally exhausted once in a while, then like, yeah, you might just want to like go chill out for a little bit before but it's every day, then but not every day. Yeah. Exactly. And then the crying in your car, like, I think we could admit that that happens sometimes, but it's not 
really like a stress management. It's not managing your stress. It's just like preventing a panic attack usually. Right. Or, you know, preventing like a total stress anxiety attack from happening. Sometimes you just have to cry. Yeah. And uh, so I wouldn't really call that like, it's okay if that's what you're doing, but that's kind of one of the signs that something's not right with either the job that you're at or that it's time to like figure out how to manage things. Yeah. yeah that's that, not a solution. It's a sign. Not a solution. <laughs> we may not be at a place where we can change jobs. So that is just not a lot of people's reality or there, it, it is not a reality. Like for me, I was the only income earner in my entire family. I'm a single parent. So I wouldn't have had the ability to work, you know, part-time hours. I needed my insurance, but what is in my control is to focus some of the, you know, if I am experiencing stress, how can I manage that better to be a more effective therapist, to be a more effective parent, to be a more effective colleague? I mean, those are things that I can focus on. Yes, exactly. And then it's, it starts to build up the same way that the, the kind of negative spiral built. Like once you start to focus on all of those, it's like you said, you can focus on ways to feel more connected to what you're doing and to feel better. So when you get to work, you can focus more and you start to feel like a little bit more connected to your students. So then you enjoy it more. And if you're able to really focus while you're doing that paperwork, there's not as much of the like mistakes that are being made because you've kind of checked out on it or, you know, having to like really pull yourself over to do it when you're not wanting to, like, it just kind of helps everything run a little bit more smoothly. Yes, it's still there, but it's not like as stressful as it was before. It's, it's manageable. Well, I think this one too, Mm -hmm. I worked with a resource teacher who used to do yoga and stress, these stress management things with her students to help get them preps for learning. So I think it's such a great skill that if you can incorporate it for yourself and teach this as another layer to the students that you're working with. I mean, they are going through a lot of stressors. It's you know, so true. The things yeah. that they're struggling with in school and sometimes outside of school. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of, especially if you're with like little kids, they find it fun because it's like, you know, get up and move around or let's do like this crazy breath thing. And, you know, they find it fun. Um, or you could even do like a craft, like glitter jars are really good for kind of almost like meditating without meditating. Like they can create it and just like keep tipping it up and down and like focusing on the colors they see or the shapes that it makes. And um, so you can create all kinds of stuff around it. And then with older students, if they're feeling stressed, they may, you know, actually want techniques to to use to help them feel more comfortable or, you know, not feel as stressed because you can, you can talk to them about it. So yeah, so it's stuff you can do and then you can start to bring it into the students if you want to. So good. It is so good. I actually am sitting here thinking that I want to incorporate even something in our office where every day we start with mindfulness when you come into the office, because that is again, something in your control where it's like, maybe we have a corner that you meditate for a few minutes before you engage with the rest of, you know, your colleagues, just there are little things that I think you can just, yeah. Well, we've talked about that. We both read the book Miracle Morning. We talked about this with Chris Winger too, because um, he's a big proponent of it. And I, you know, it's always one of those moments that like when I'm reading a book like that and I'm in it, then I'm doing it. And then like, I move on to the next thing and I've just thrown it all out the window, but that's what it is. It's meditation and exercise. Um, 
uh, words of affirmation and exercise and journal. It's all those things you just talked about. And I, when I was doing it, I noticed a huge difference in my day. And I'm not doing it now. And like I told you um, before we got started with this, I've had a rough couple weeks. Maybe I have been I have been majorly checked out, and it is time. Yeah, it's time for me to. Um, I, I've got to put a lot of this back into practice. I feel yeah. like a counselor. Yeah, and we're going to have to call you regularly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm we'll actually. Thinking, <laughs> I know you've got the podcast where you're always sharing um, ways to handle stress and and, man- and stress management ideas. I literally was just thinking, can you do some like five to ten minute YouTube videos where you like Seriously. help us practice our breathing that would be awesome. and movement? That is that is a great idea. I would love that because I I need somebody like to talk to me. And that knows my job, that knows who I am and knows my struggles. I think that would be a really cool layer to add into what you're doing. Yeah. Or I just like, when I'm like about to lose it, I just turn (laughs) Jesse (laughs) Hendricks. Gotta go to YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) And I can just like totally zen out. Have a look. Well, thank you. All of those things I've thought of. So it's nice to hear that somebody would actually like would want that. I think you're going to be huge. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't think that I might that have already been buzzing about ooh SLP summit. I think <laughs> this is a topic that is so critically important. You know, we started um, at the beginning of this this episode talking about we need you all to stay in your jobs. Please yeah. do quit. I mean, if you want to go have some other hobbies and like try some other things, cool. But come back, come back, please. Yeah. Like I, we just students need you so so badly. I had a student um, message me last night who's older now. He's about to graduate from high school, oh. and um, he messaged me and said, "I don't think I've ever really told you thank you so much for what oh. you've done for me in my life." And you know, oh. and I I literally texted him back and I go, "Well, now I'm crying." And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry." And I go, "No, no, they're happy tears." You know, it's, it was a moment where I thought, oh, this is why we do this, you know, and those moments aren't always going to happen to be reaffirming to us on why we do what we do. And I don't, shouldn't need that like external gratitude, but um, it just reminded me how important our, our jobs are and the impact we make in students' lives every single day. It's so true. And a lot of times when we're feeling like we need to leave our job, I mean, because I did like I, I think looking back, if I had had better stress management, I wouldn't have left. I would have maybe done, you know, asked if I could go part time it for a while or just let someone know or been able to just make that mindset shift of like, this isn't forever. This is just where I am now. And there are good things. So managing the stress kind of helps you get more clarity of like, okay, do I need to switch to a different, like, is this a really bad job? Because unfortunately there are just some places that are not great to work at, but then sometimes it's, or am I really stressed right now from something that could have happened at a previous job, but it's still like been triggered. So it's still following you to like each job you go to or something at your job, but can you manage that? And then figure out what to do from there better. Like maybe it is taking action to get some policies changed, or maybe it's finding a new job, or maybe it's realizing like, if I manage my stress, this is okay. Like I actually do enjoy this again. Maybe it's tuning into Jesse Andrick's YouTube channel. (laughs) That's coming. I do. I do have one with a couple of videos on there. Um, but it's been a while. 
I did like two videos. I will post, I will post <laughs> the links to your podcast. I'll post the links to your blog um, and your Instagram Thank account you. too um, on this episode that so that people can find you. And I know you've got some courses out there too that you've done um, for professional development on this topic as well, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And those are, those are on the website and a couple more will be coming out um, this year. Um, but from a few different sites, because I know people have like the sites that they like to go to for their continuing ed and then a few different approaches to the topic. Um, and then hopefully this year or coming soon, I hope to launch a full blown stress management course, like online course for everybody to help I for when you need more than like those little, the little blurbs on YouTube when you need like, all right, what do we need to do? <laughs> Oh, I think this is so important. And when I, we had talked about getting ready for this episode too, I had said it couldn't be more timely. Um, you know, one, the time of year, but two, with that Asha leader coming out, it, that caused a lot of people to have feelings, <laughs> a lot of feelings. Yes. A lot of feelings. <laughs> and so anyway, it was just so perfect. And I think, you know, we definitely needed somebody like you who came in with real solutions, things we can do. You know, Lisa and I like to give solutions too, but they're usually like about drinking. <laughs> And you didn't offer either of those as suggestions. So I'm going to say we're probably not the ones that should be giving advice. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. You're welcome. excited. I hope we can collaborate on some other projects. And then um, everybody go check Jesse out so that you can find ways to manage this stress. That is real. And you are not alone and everybody's feeling it. That's so true. And that's true. We're not alone. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys.